Ryan Rucco, Robin Lumberg with you live from Bobby Van Steakhouse, our lunch with a legend. And we have an incredibly special guest with us today, a Hall of Famer, a three-time Cy Young Award winner, a man who won 311 big league games, the greatest player in the history of the New York Mets, Tom Seaver is our guest. He will be with us here on ESPN New York. I'll tell you what, Tom, we know why you escaped to the West Coast, because just judging by all the autographs and pictures you had to sign and take before, you'd be a rock star if you stayed in this city walking around all the time. <laughs> you had to get away to your vineyard in order to, to have some time to relax, huh? I don't think I'd be a rock star. <laughs> I may be a rock pile, but I wouldn't be a rock star, for crying out loud. The applause is pretty nice. He was about to cup his hand to his ear, a la Hulk Hogan, I think, now, in that applause. Tom, you know, so many things things we're going to get a chance to talk to you uh, about today. But uh, first off, you know, for fans who've been wondering, what have you been up to uh, out in the Napa Valley? For the, for the last 10 or 12 years. Yeah, where you been, man? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much the same thing every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I tell the story about whether I wanted to be Tom Seaver my entire life if I stayed in the New York metropolitan area. And once my kids got out of college, uh, I, I was just getting into wine and, and – uh, I went to my wife and, and Nancy, and, and we've been married 44 years, and, and delightful years, I might say. And, um, uh, you know, we were we were in the country club, and she's in the tennis club, and she does the bowling, and she's got her knitting group, and she had her whole life exactly like, like she wanted it. And uh, I went to her, and I said, honey, I think uh, I think we'd like, <laughs> we'd like to go. That's not true. <laughs> That's a best step. On behalf of you. <laughs> I said, I want to go back to California and, and uh, raise grapes. I just started to get into wine uh, in the, oh, probably the second half of my uh, career. Um, I built wine cellars in both the houses that we uh, lived in in Greenwich, Connecticut, et cetera. And very, uh, I, I think I came to the ter determination uh, that I did not want to be Tom Seaver my whole life. I wanted to do something else. Um, I saw, and it, it, it happened to me, we were, uh, I was with Cincinnati, and we were playing an exhibition game, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, in Detroit. Uh, one of those games that you played in the mid-season, et cetera. And we were at the, we were at the ballpark, you know, playing cards, et cetera, going out of the hotel, because we're leaving right after the game and getting back to Cincinnati or wherever we, go, we were going. And there was a player that walked in that had played for the, uh, Detroit Tigers and I'm about probably year 12 or something now somewhere in that range and uh, uh, I, I never saw a sadder face in my entire life and he was a former player and he and he was lost I mean it was really sad and I think that was the start of me thinking about what I'm, I'm gonna do after I'm 40 years old Thank you. I, I did not want that to happen to me. And that was a real motivation for me to find something else um, that you can't wait to get out of bed and get to work. Because I love I love what I did. And you go to Cooperstown, you're inducted and you're in, you're on the, you're, your plaque is on the wall with the Walter Johnsons and the Christy Mathewsons and all that. And, the, and you come to it. And I didn't realize this before, before my induction. And I go back to every induction year, uh, every every induction, uh, every year that that uh, the new players go in. And I came to the realization that it is not Cooperstown; it is the journey. Like if you if you you have a bottle of our wine on there, and if you if you look at the back of the bottle, 
It says, may you enjoy this wine as much as I enjoy the journey, bringing it to you day to day, month to month, season to season. Well, that's very analogous to pitching. It's very analogous to the 20 years that I pitched, that it is the journey uh, which is the most rewarding, not, 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 the, not the adulation and everything else. It is the journey that is what is most important, at least to me. And I'm 66 years old, and we found a piece of property uh, in Napa Valley. Nancy and I, uh, we looked for a couple of years. She didn't want to go, but you know, she she finally gave in, and I had to pay her a lot of money to do that. <laughs> and, and we found a raw piece of land uh, at the north end of Napa Valley, off of Diamond Mountain. It was 116 acres, and and uh, I got a, uh, a, a builder to build a house for us named David Warner, who is he, he's he's like a, a 250 or 260 hitter, I guess at best. So. <laughs> oh, he's in the audience! I can't believe this. This is David Warner over there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and anyway, he's uh, he, he we walked through it, and and uh, and I was watching all the construction and broadcasting with the Mets part time, and then I was doing a, a bunch of reading about Vineyard, and I ended up uh, on a space. Uh, on the property, carrying my compass, etc., and I found a uh, south-facing slope, the orientation to the sun, etc., and uh, that was the start of it. And uh, I was there when they put the first plants in, when when they cleared the land, etc. You go through all the permit process, and it is very, very much like pitching. Uh, there are certain things that have to be done. I do a lot of the grunt work. I do none of the technical stuff. Um, but I and I I garden three acres is what I do and what I do now is is, is I go to I'm, I'm there with my three Labradors before seven o'clock come on boys let's go to work and we're there in about 90 seconds you know and uh, no airplanes you know no hotels etc come home for lunch or come home you know for brunch or whatever it might be and uh, it is fascinating to me this whole process is fascinating. And I hope that it, the people that are here in the restaurant tonight, uh, this afternoon, I should say, I hope you enjoy this. It isn't, it isn't that we have not covered every base that we can, et cetera. And I've hired two of the best people in the business to do this, um, make the wine and, and do, be the vineyard manager, et cetera. And we're, we're, we're really, I'd like to say that we're damn proud of it, but we are quite proud of this. It's all Cabernet. It's... Uh, Three different clones of Cabernet, clone seven, three, three, seven, one ninety one. Two different orientations to the sun and clone seven. Sounds like a sci-fi movie. Now I'm ta talking about yeah, just talking about what I used to talk about baseball because I loved it so much, and now this is it's 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 the second journey, and I'm uh, uh, I'm I just I can't I'm 66 can't wait to get to work in the morning. I couldn't wait to get to the clubhouse. I can't wait to get there in the morning. And I work seven days a week. What do you take more satisfaction in or what gave you a greater sense of pride, the perfect break on a curveball or the perfect taste out of a grape? Uh, you can't. No, it's – yeah, I'm, I'm quite serious about what I do with this, as, as, I, as I was with my pitching and uh, uh, trying to make – try to do all the work, all the, all the grunt work that I do, try to do it to make uh, – uh, to make the end product as best as, as it possibly can be. Uh, if I tried, from a pitching standpoint, to throw the ball 100 miles an hour, I was at fault. You know, it, it did not work. The mechanics didn't work. 
So if I try to take that vineyard, and I and I, I, sh I shouldn't say I because I'm not making those decisions, etc. But uh, I, I want it to be the best wine that that piece of property can produce. That's all I want. It doesn't have to be the best in the world, etc. Um, uh, and as I say, it is a, it's a joy. I can't, you know, 66, I can't wait to get out of bed in the morning. Tom, I have to, you know, we use Twitter, and people will tweet us different things during the show, and some people just want to know how you keep the labs from eating the grapes in the vineyards. <laughs> Since, you know, you, we, we've learned about your... Well, you, you, actually, you're trying to do that, too, because uh, 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 grapes, they won't eat them if they're not ripe, mm -hmm. and that's... Obviously, but they're not good for uh, dogs anyway. Exactly. And I keep um, I keep I keep an eye on them, and they're they're pr they're pretty good. They they have learned to obey me in that sense of, you know. And if I'll see them once in a while, they'll pick up some that maybe they find on the ground, and I'll try to get them and shake it out of their mouth. But as we get closer to Vandage, et cetera, the picking, I won't take them in with me, you know, because uh, it's it can foul up their system inside yeah now, it's a good question though too yeah it is that was it's not good it's not they're not uh, grapes are not good for the dogs grapes and chocolate yeah keep exactly exactly right chocolate. yeah keep we don't we don't have chocolate on our vines <laughs> got to keep that away now but it goes with wine yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it does yes, yes now tom when you think back on your mets career you know what would be obviously it's so many brilliant moments you're part of that 69 world series team you won 198 games in a met uniform what would be the memory that stands out the most to you? It's anybody that puts on the uniform and, and has watched uh, World Series on TV from the time they're 8, 9, 10 years old or whatever and goes on as a world championship. It is the dream of everybody that ever has put on a uniform uh, to participate in, in it uh, and then to eventually win it and uh, call yourself as a team world champions. It's, uh, it is not, there are not many people in this country that can... Uh, been able to live that dream, but that is uh, uh, that is number one, no question. It's more than uh, Cy Young awards and MVPs, and and uh, um, more. Than, it's actually more than the Hall of Fame, if you think about it. Uh, we're talking about the, the journey, etc. Again, uh, it, it, it's something that you share with your teammates for a lifetime. I mean, you're connected with those 25 guys. Uh, Gil Hodges, the manager, etc., and uh, was was a dear loss to me when he, when Gil died, and your coaches and and everybody because you share something that is a dream for every young player that's played little league, etc., and all this. All of a sudden, it becomes true. But I have a great picture. I have a great picture. Now I'm, I'm going back to the wine bottle again here too because this is where, this is where this came from. <laughs> a great picture uh, of Gary Gentry and I because we're in the clubhouse and we're pouring champagne and drinking champagne and dousing everybody with champagne, etc. Um, and Gary and I, there's a picture of Gary uh, with the two of us. Gary and I went back out to the mound and the jubilation was still going on, etc. And we went back to the mound and our uniforms were disheveled and whatever. And we went back to the rubber because we were uh, right on the pitcher's mound because you you realize that it is not you know it is not the winning and and the adulation it is the journey it is the journey of 162 games a season, etc. This the two of us went out there and that's exactly what we were talk, talking about and feeling you know went back on the field etc. Um, and 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 that and all the, you know everybody everybody's life. 
has all the things that that, that impress upon him and and whatever and that the things that we realize finally and that's a lot of that has to do with why I left and went back to California to, to do this wine project, etc. Uh, that it is in fact the journey, you know, it is a journey. And then and you go home and yeah, you're a world champion, but you you know, two days later you're saying, well, when's spring training? Because you, know? <laughs> you want to, you know, that's and that's and that's a real compliment to to athletes and they're because they love what they do. They are professionals and love what they do for a living. You know, and they can't wait to get on the field, et cetera. Can't wait to get back in that uniform. You know, you're you're really tickling his fancy right yeah. now because he always talks about the journey and all that stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you mentioned Cooperstown before, and, and I know you said the the World Series was the greatest achievement, but. Going on to individual achievements, you received the highest percentage right. of votes ever right. for a player into the Hall of Fame. If, if that were me and I was signing these baseballs, yeah. I would write Tom Seaver, highest percentage ever into the Hall of Fame. Do you take any solace or pride in, in those individual achievements as well? Well, you, can, you can't help but have be very uh, proud of what happens like this. I, 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 but I, don't, you, I think you have to understand history. Uh, and in the voting for the Hall of Fame, there was nobody got votes in the, when it first started. Nobody in, the first, in their first year of eligibility. I mean, it's, you know, Willie Mays, I have, I have more higher percentage than Willie Mays has? Come on. I mean, really, come on. <laughs> Why didn't they well, vote okay, that? But I, it was, just became a tradition. It became a tradition that, you know, you don't vote for anybody on the first year, on the first year of eligibility. You know, I mean, there were some people that, that did, but you, nobody ever got elected from that standpoint with that kind of percentage, you know. But as those old-time journalists were peeled away, you know, because of, of lifespan, let's put it delicately as we possibly can, <laughs> uh, and they weren't murdered, they just, you know, yeah, of, yeah. Of, their, of their own, you know, right. of their own choice. Well, we're all on a clock, Tom. Yeah. So, so anyway, it, 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 but, but that's, so, so now you had to have something else to write about. You know, all of a sudden, well, you got the, you know, you didn't get, you didn't get 100%, but you know, you, it, it becomes an item, journalistic item, and rightfully so, it should be. But someday, somebody's going to get, you know, 100%. Maybe not. Who knows? But that somebody is going to break, you know, now has more than whatever the percentage was that I have. It doesn't. They don't put that on the plaque. You go into Cooperstown, it doesn't say voted in by 98%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not on the plaque. Is, is there any part of that process that bugs you a little bit? Do you think you're a Hall of Famer? No, is a Hall since of I famer? got in, no, I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm fine with it. No, I... I <laughs> Tom I was thinking of a separate room, by Touché. the way, <laughs> to hang my plaque. Yeah. Tom Seaver with Ruko and Lumbrick here on Lunch with a Legend on ESPN New York. Now, when it comes to baseball writers, did you know? Did you Do you know the writers? I mean, you got 98.8% of the vote by I'm far sure, the most I, I, ever. Yeah, but they're not all writers. Some are retired writers, or as right. far as I know, and there's other, you know, people that you don't see. So, But, but I, you know, I've, I, uh, I've, I never... Tried to sell it. I mean, it is what it is. You never, you never, you never. I didn't think I was going to get elected. Wow. Because it's it's for other people. It's for the, you know, it's the Christy Mathewsons and the Mazes and the Mantles and the, you know, all that. You just, I didn't, I had no idea. I mean, you you, you hope and you pray that you get a, you know. I mean, I I had some decent numbers, right? But it never happens to you. I mean, there's part of you, there's part of you that's still a child. That's part of what this game is, is, is part of my, the history of baseball, is when I was a child, when I was a, a, a Babe Ruth League. I mean, I didn't, 
when I was a junior in high school, I think I won two games and lost six or something. Really? I mean, I was not I was not a a stud muffin athlete. Let's put it that way. I mean, you, you know, the guys are, are stud muffins, are great players in football and basketball, baseball, from the time they're sophomores. When I was a junior in high school, I played B basketball. I didn't play JV basketball. I didn't play varsity baseball. I played B basketball. I was so small. And I wasn't very good. But I had fun and I worked hard. And then when I was a senior, I played, you know, I played, I made all city in basketball. And the, but the turning point in my life uh, was the United States Marine Corps. And uh, Sergeant Yoder, Sergeant Thompson, um, and the three months of boot camp. And I got into boot camp and I said, oh, this is what my dad's been talking about. You know, and I came out of there and I was straight and narrow and right looking right down the road. I mean, a, a, great focus, etc., and and great uh, work ethic. And that all came from the Marine Corps. I never had a bullet shot at me or whatever and all that. But the three months of boot camp was was the moment that changed my life. When, and damn proud uh, to be a Marine. How old were you, Tom? I was uh, 18 years old. Wow. Tom, obviously, we do plenty of research. And we'll have some... <laughs> have some notes and whatnot. I want to make sure we don't slight you on any of your numbers. <laughs> and it's you. funny because I have I have a you know one sheet in front of me with so many of your stats and there's the 311 wins and the Cy Youngs, but you saw my piece of paper and you circled one big number. Something was missing, wasn't it? Yeah, there was Something one was big missing. missing and there was one thing that you love. Twelve home runs you hit, which you put a big circle around, <laughs> and then you wrote down Muy fuerte. <laughs> Tom grabbing his left bicep as he says Muy fuerte. and then and then you you wrote down stolen bases three for three that's really what you, you those are your biggest accomplishments for the Hall of Famer right now they never threw me out big boy <laughs> you were telling us a story in the break does one of those stolen bases deserve an asterisk what are you Gil, talking about Gil, Gil Hodges gave you the credit right gave, oh gave the, Gil, the, the Gil story I'm surprised you heard about that I was uh, as I talked about now Gil was was, was was the most important in my, as I said before, in my professional career. Uh, and uh, the, wh one thing that he did, there's two things. I tell two two Gil Hodges stories, and if I'm repeating myself, stop me, because my 66-year-old brain sometimes gets, you know, wires get crossed. Uh, and I I was on the mound, and I walked a guy because I, I, you weigh every, all your chances and what's going to do, and, and you you one of the unwritten rules you never walk the tie in a winning run. And whoever the hitter was, my I had two outs. My, my third out was in the on-deck circle. I figured that that's, I took all the information in that odds for me to get out of this inning without losing the game or giving up runs or whatever it was, was over there, although you break one of the cardinal rules. And I walked to this, whatever, whoever the hitter was, I don't remember who it was, on four pitches, ball one, two, three, four. And I swear Gil Hodges was standing right behind me when I got the ball back from the catcher. <laughs> Honest to God. And he and, 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 and he he did not have a real warm and fuzzy face, you know, <laughs> when he wanted to be the manager, you know. And he said to me, you pitched to him like you wanted to walk him. You broke one of the cardinal rules. You, broke, you pitched to him like you wanted to walk him. And I said, you know, I firmly said just about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm wiggling here, baby. And he turned around, he left, he went back. And I got the next hitter out, whatever it was, uh, the ground out or strikeout or whatever it was. I got my out that I wanted. I win the game, 
don't know, three to one or whatever it was. And I walked into, this is how much I love the guy. I walked in because you, you saw his business side and you saw his human side. And I walked in after the game, talking to the press and all the other, giving interviews and all the yada yada, and uh, going out to the bullpen and, and uh, meet Nancy and we'll go off to dinner someplace. And I said, you don't agree with me walking him in that situation, do you? And he's doing his paperwork, and he looked up, and he said, if I had known you were going to strike out the next hitter, I would have never wasted my time and come to the mound. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it with that beautiful little grin smile, and, you know, I said, see you tomorrow, Skip. You know, and uh, he just, he, I, I have nothing but, I mean, the fondest of memories about Gil. It was, a, it, was, it, was a, it was, you know, they talk about Tom Seaver being traded for the Mets as the worst thing that ever happened. The worst thing that ever happened was Gil died. Mm. No question. Well, you know, he was a pillar of strength, and uh, was respected by everybody. And when he died, uh, that was that was the worst thing that ever happened to him, and, happened to the organization, I should say. Tom, since you you know you, you do you bring up the trade, it's funny. Just before the show, we had fans coming up to us. The night Tom Seaver got traded was the worst night of my life. They called it the midnight massacre. As you look back now, you know, does it still conjure up emotions from you when you think back to to the trade? No, it's, and the, it's, no? it's part of the again. It's part of the journey. I mean, it was probably the low point of my career. But listen, I got to go on and play. Uh, with, with Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan and Ken Griffey and George Foster and the rest of them. Uh, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Cincinnati. I mean, uh, I'm sorry that uh, one regret I have is we did, we did not win more than, we, than, than you would assume that that Cincinnati Big Red Machine would. And we got to the playoffs one year or whatever. But I really enjoyed it. I, I, was, I did not like the artificial surf, it's, uh, turf, et cetera. But I really enjoyed the people. They're really good guys, and you look at the, you know, look at the Hall of Famers are almost Hall of Famers. You got Morgan, uh, and Perez, and John, et cetera. I mean, they were, you know, Sparky. There, there, it was a, it was a class act over there. I hated the artificial surface, but it was, you know, it was, it was some of the most enjoyable uh, periods of period of my career. Yeah, no question. You talk about some of the great players you played with in your era, and we were doing our research before the show, obviously. I read this on the Internet, so it may or may not be true. First, confirm that it's true. Uh, that early in your career, uh, Hank Aaron actually told you how, you know, kind of saw the potential in you and what kind of pitcher you were going to become when you had approached him about having an autographed ball. <laughs> uh, it's back in there. said, so go ahead and finish. Tell me the story. That, that's the story I read. It was a, a segue into a question. Yeah. I did that with somebody, and they said, yeah, I'll sign the damn thing. <laughs> they put it a little bit on. Henry, no. Henry uh, um, Henry knew. The, 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 the wonderful thing about Henry, and I, and, and I actually adore the man. He was my number one hero. And uh, it was in the second, no, it was my rookie year, 66, 67, I think. And we went, uh, we were in Atlanta, and somewhere along the line, uh, while we were there, and Henry had just, you know, maybe it wasn't 67, maybe it may have been later. He came, anyway, Henry came out with a book. And it was Aaron in right field. And, um, and I, I was, we were in Atlanta, and I said, Henry, when you come, it couldn't have been my rookie year. I'd have, been too, I'd have thrown up if I had to speak to him. No. <laughs> um, and I went to, I said, Henry, uh, you know, he knew how I felt about him, et cetera. I said, will you, will you bring me one of your books and sign it for me, you know? And uh, he said, sure, you know, is that going to happen? No way. I mean, there's, and we were on the field or whatever, and I spoke to him or probably something. And this is, you know, 
1968, how many ever years, you know, probably 68 or something like that, how many years it is. You know, is he going to be, is he going to, he going to remember to do that? No way. Can't happen. I get to the ballpark at Shea Stadium, et cetera, on my stool in front of my locker is a book, Aaron Wright Field. Inside, you know, and there's a little inscription, you know, to Tom, et cetera, yada, 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 your, your friend Henry Aaron. Hmm. It's in my office at home in Calistoga, California. With that, one of my prized possessions, too. With that said, your adoration of Henry Aaron and everything yeah. that went on. Obviously, a few years ago, his record broken by Barry Bonds. I just wanted to get your take on the steroid-slash-performance-enhancing drug era in, in baseball. Not good, is it? <laughs> no. Not good. Well put. Yeah. <laughs> not good. What? It's still not good. <laughs> when you look at <laughs> Tom Seaver with Ruko Lumberg here on Lunch with the Legend on ESPN New York, because you were someone who did compile great numbers, you know, during your career, your numbers are, you know, ones that stand out and Absolutely. will stand out for a long Absolutely. time. Does it bother you? Not discounting the 12 home runs either. Right, exactly. Or the three stolen bases. Yeah, you can't, you can't but, get one without the other. But does it bother oh, you? Three stolen bases. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it's, you know, one of the names that Roger Clements was passing, you know, was you when he was winning his games. Does it does it bother you uh, when those guys who were using artificial enhancement pass somebody like it's you who more, is not? It's more to the game. And, and it, it, it's easy to sit out here in left field and be judgmental, et cetera. And and is it is it pro is it proven is it proven that they did it or, or is it assumed that they have done this right you know and I I think it, if it's true then it is just a it's a mark against the game of baseball that's the problem uh, and it's a mark against history which is so such an important aspect of sport is it's a history you know the in golf the Ben Hogan's and all and the, all the names that came before etc. What, but the other thing, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line if you're if you're stealing pitches? Is stealing pitches okay? I think so. Or is that gamesmanship? Yeah, I think that's all right. Yeah, unless you got somebody in the how stands about stealing doing my it for pitches? you. Well, I don't know about that. Okay, uh, thank that, you very much. That, that might not be I mean, okay all with. that's all part of it. But where do you cross the line? You know, and you know, okay, well, I and I played 20 years. I never took I never took amphetamines. Never, and they were around, et cetera. So amphetamines were. I I took one for a. a, a Bacteriology's final at USC, whatever, and I, and I, I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair taking the test, you know, and barely. I mean, it just it didn't hit me, you know. And I had one offered to me. I would. I pitched one day when I was sick, and I had one of the old timers, you know, the vets. They said, "Here, take this. This will help you get through the day, etc." I said, "I'm not taking any of those things." I said, I, "I took one once, and it was not a very, you know, wasn't a pretty experience, you know." And I, I, I just, I took aspirins. What I took. Uh, but anyway, it's you know every 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 era of sports has their thing, you know. And did you know did did these guys? And if baseball does know, they should put it on the table, and not not be innuendo. They the people that run the game should do that, but because the history of the game is more important than the individuals. You know, last night, Tom, a historic moment uh, for New York baseball fans when Mariano Rivera mm -hmm. recorded his 600th career save. Obviously, you pitched at a time when you were often finishing your own games, led the league in complete games several years. You'd have 18, 19, even 20 uh, in a season. When you look at relievers, you look at what Mariano Rivera has done. Is, is it still, is he still as amazing to you? It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely. At that uh, pitch at that level for that long, 
Um, I mean, but he had his his specific thing that 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 he was uh, an expert at. Let's say, put it that way. he was the best doctor in the hospital. So he was. Uh, uh, and we've talked about it before. Me having uh, the highest percentage of induction, uh, vote percentage of induction in the Hall of Fame. He, now think about this guy. I mean, 600 saves, etc., in, in a in a position that has become extremely important and vital and necessary in world championships or just championships and then going on in pursuit of a world championship. But uh, he is uh, he's obviously um, the, the the best that's ever applied his trade, being, being the reliever. Was, is he, you know, where, who, is the, who is the athlete that's going to get 100% uh, percentage induction into the Hall of Fame in the, in the voting process? He may very well he, be. He it. might be. Absolutely, he might be. He might be. I don't know who yeah. wouldn't put him in, you know. Yeah. I agree. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and unless, as we talked about before, if you got some old timers to say again, we're not, we don't vote for anybody in the first year yeah. anyway. Yeah. Are you really? They're, they're gonna, they're gonna say that it is. One of the things that they might say is that there's not enough innings pitched in a career. Right. You know. I mean that that's that's an important issue, et cetera. But I mean, as far as importance and being the best at that, he's he's got a chance. He has a chance at it. Yeah. Would you root for or against that? Would you be like the '72 Dolphins popping champagne if he doesn't get 98% of the vote? I'm going to root against. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is what it is. I mean, it is. You you, you realize it. You have a plaque in Cooperstown, and I may have mentioned this before. That there's no there's no vote percentage on the plaque. Right. You know, it's just you're in the Hall of Fame. Journalistically, it's something that that is is interesting and put into the story but for me uh the most interesting thing so when we won the world champion in 69 stop me if i said this story already uh nancy and i got in a motorhome we went around the country the first place we went was cooperstown really? we paid our way in <laughs> <laughs> you don't have and to the anymore. first place i went to was christy matheson's plaque i went right to that plaque i went right to walter johnson's plaque and now I go, and I go right by my two boys. When we go to the Hall of Fame, the, par- the, the, the Hall of Fame party on at, in the in the hall where the plaques are, and we walk in. She says, "I wanted Nancy to see this. I wanted my wife to see this. How, how important this stuff was to me." And showed her these these things. Showed her Walter Johnson's plaque, Christy Matheson's plaque. When you go to the Hall of Fame and it's it's it's, it's all been redone, etc., and, and and you go in. And on the right, in the first class, right inside to the right on the front door, the, uh, you walk in and there's Chrissy Matheson and Honus Wagner, Walter Johnson, etc. And I go, hi, boys. <laughs> and I'm over there in the cubicle down about three, you know, three indentations down over there. And it's still, it's still disbelief. You know you deserve to be there, yes. But it's just still, it's still for me, it's disbelief. Not in this, and not as I said, not in the sense that you're there, but you're there and they're over here. You know, Very cool. Because of the sequence uh, of maturity and, and, and the phases of our life. I mean, that that those 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 years, those formative years of 10, 11, and 12, 13, 14, when when if it it didn't have a ball involved, I wasn't interested. Basketball, football, or baseball. You know, I mean, that was, I was one of those kids that you got a new glove and you slept with the glove. Right. 
You smelled it, etc. I have those. I have those gloves. I had the first glove that I had, my 300th glove. It's in my office at home, and all that stuff is going to Cooperstown. It's not going to Sotheby's or anything else. It's going to Cooperstown. It's part of history. The awards and all the other stuff. That's it's all baseballs. I'm, you know, I've got, I got, I have a baseball on my wall. I have this line of, of baseballs, uh, uh, and the, the design was by Ken Cow, who was my architect, and followed up nicely by David Warner and his, and building it. That's because he said, yeah, they do quasi work. Yeah, I know. But on the bottom left of that, of this, and there, there, there are little, little stands, et cetera, they're coming out of the wall in my office, is a perfect game that I pitched in Little League. Wow. 1957. My mother saved the baseballs. And the next one is my is uh, Babe Ruth Championship, and then it's the first win in the big leagues, et cetera, and first shutout and strikeout number 300 or whatever. And all that's going to Cooperstown. It's not going on eBay. It's not going any, any place. All that, all that, as I call it, stuff in my room, Rookie of the Year award, all that's going to Cooperstown. Very cool For, stuff. So to be part of history. Yeah. So, so the next, so the next Tom Seaver can go see it. Yeah. Can go look at it. And, 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 you know, it is part of history. It's not going in somebody's. Basement in Duluth, you know, Minnesota. So, Tom, we only have a couple more minutes, but I, I did want to quickly get your you mean thoughts. Then, you mean then I can have a glass of wine? Is that you can have a me? glass of wine. You can Hallelujah. eat. We, we have to wait till after the show to enjoy your <laughs> wine. But I wanted to get your thoughts quickly on a pitcher as an MVP, because this year there's a lot of thoughts about Justin Verlander being the American League yeah. MVP. You finished second in the MVP voting one year. Willie McCovey ended up winning it, but do you think that, you know, some people will just not vote for a pitcher on principle. Do you think a pitcher can be Absolutely an MVP? Absolutely can be a v MVP. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this year might be you the think, year that uh, it happens. You think Bob Gibson in uh, 1967, was it, or whatever it was, you know, he had a 1.12 ERA, ERA. You think he that was an MVP of the league? Do you know what, you know what that means to a team to go out there? And those guys, and I'm talking about the team behind him. You realize what that, you know, it's very difficult for, if you haven't been there, to realize what that means to a team. You know, because, you know, if we get if we get one run today, we got a chance to win. Yeah. That makes every ground ball important, every cutoff man important. You know, playing smart baseball, cutting the, you know, it just, it's just, yeah, I <laughs> yes, they absolutely yeah, can win the MVP. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Tom, we appreciate all the insight, the wonderful stories, the time today. Go enjoy yeah. your wine and a meal, and thank you for doing this with us. Thank you. I enjoyed it all. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. That is Tom Seaver. Thank you. Ruko and Lumberg rolls on here live from Bobby Van Steakhouse on ESPN New York.